Hi, I'm Ashley, and you are listening and watching Confidence in Coffee. The first thing I want you to know is that I see you and I hear you. I see the struggles. There's hope. What if I was to tell you that you can find confidence despite any of your circumstances, good or bad? I'm going to help you navigate the waters of womanhood, whatever season that is, whether it's marriage, singleness, or you're drowning in children. I got you, girl. I'm your new bestie. I'm going to help you find confidence and hope through Christ. I'm going to leave you with plenty of encouragement and practical tips to overcome those limiting beliefs so you can live a life well. Plus, (laughs) you know we're going to find a few laughs along the way. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join me as we chat confidence in coffee. One of one of the most biggest questions that I get asked as a lifestyle coach, Christian coach, is how to not let other people's opinions of you affect you so you can continue to follow your God-given purpose. I'm going to name a bunch of reasons why that is. I'm going to name 19 reasons why, first off, you should ignore them. And then also we're going to talk about how to discover that purpose. That's the second most important common question I get as a lifestyle coach um, is how do I ignore these people that minimize and tell me not to follow my dreams? And then second, how do I discover my dreams? How do I walk into my purpose? Where do I get the boldness? And so those are the things we're going to talk about today. And I am, of course, you know, excited. (laughs) When am I not excited? Okay. So um, I don't know about you, but let me share like a little personal story here. When I started to like years ago, four years ago, that I was, I made a decision that I was going to write a book. I chose to tell some of my closest friends that, hey, God told me to write a book. And I don't know why, but I was, first off, I was nervous. I was nervous to tell them. Why are we nervous to tell our friends about our biggest passions and desires, ambitions, and dreams? And then I didn't get the response that I guess I wanted, right? Because subconsciously, I was still looking for their approval. And so I wanted them to be like, wow, you're called to do this. Yeah, you have a story. That's great. That's not what I got from them. From the people that I thought were the closest to me, it was more like, yeah, you know, maybe you're supposed to write it for you only, or, you know, yeah, that sounds exciting, or they just didn't say anything at all. Either way, the vibe was super negative and disapproving, and I'm not going to lie, I spent a little bit of time still trying to, like, gain their approval by telling them, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and this is working out, and I've already written this, can I read it to you? And I just made a decision one day because it was taking up so much of my energy to try to please them that I wasn't going to look for their approval. I wasn't going to look for anyone's approval. I was just going to do what God told me to do. And with the support and the honor that I have from my husband, I was going to pursue that dream, not caring what anyone else thought and that being enough. And that can be really difficult because... Not only do we struggle as human beings, I'm dealing with it with a middle schooler right now, by the way, to want people to like us, right? To want to belong, to want people to admire us. We all want to be admired, but we also struggle with the fact that 
you know, the ones that are closest to us, their opinions mean so much, so much family, friends, like really close to us because they know us. And I think that's where the nerve feelings come from is the fact that they know us. And then we're going to put our life out here in the public eye. And it, you know, it could be an insecurity within, within them or they just don't see you that way. And the only thing I'm going to be real about that I agree with Rachel Hollis that she said, (laughs) no offense. If you love Rachel Hollis, that's amazing. But this is the only thing that I really agree with with her is this. She said that your family's members are not going to buy your book. And it's true. They're not. And you kind of hear the opposite. We're like, oh, you know, you got to get more people to buy your book rather than your mom and your dad and your sister and your best friend. True. True. And they will. But they're not going to read it. They are not going to be the ones to read your book and you are not trying to reach them with whatever your God purpose is that drives you. It's for someone else that needs your story. It's for someone else that needs your message. It's for someone else that needs your influence. It is for someone else who needs your product, the value that you're going to bring in their life to inspire them to also discover their God-given purpose. And so at first I want to talk about the 19 reasons 19, I know. Why not 20? I'm sure 20 will be in there, but just like a few reasons why you should not care. And I pray that it motivates you. And I believe in the Lord that it motivates you to just do it. Just do what God asks you to do. And if God asks you to be with your family, because God does ask us to sacrifice ambition to support our family. And that happens. I mean, it's all throughout the Bible. He asks us to sacrifice things all the time to bring glory to him and take care of our responsibilities. And if that's what God's calling you to do, then maybe the, the shift is, okay, don't let me be okay with that. Let me be okay with putting myself on the back burner so I can support my, my spouse, my children. We moved here to Virginia so I could support my spouse. I never wanted to move here but it was his season. It was, it was a shift. It was a change. And God told me way before he told him, that's how marriage works. (laughs) And so I honored that message, not wanting to move, not wanting to listen to God. And we moved to Virginia with nowhere to live and no experience in what he does. And now he's getting promoted. He has moved up in his career Um, And we are pretty settled in a great place. Is it easy? No. Is it an adjustment still? Are there bad days? Yeah. But we're still following God's purpose regardless the fact that it's laid out. And regardless if I want it, because that's what God called me to do. So he gives me the peace and the contentment and the strength to do it. So whatever that is, follow your God-given dreams. And here's why you should ignore the people that tell you not to. Listen, the only yes you need to follow your dream, the only yes is yours and God's. You'll regret it later, actually, in life if you are delaying it. You'll question yourself, why didn't you do it sooner? Have you ever heard your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, your aunt, your uncle say, man, if I was your age, I would have done this over again. Don't be that person. You have the ability to prevent that. Not following your dreams makes you feel unaccomplished. Eventually, this will stop you from dreaming altogether. That's hard to swallow. To to not follow your dreams and to constantly think that you come last. Your desires, your God-given desires that he placed in your heart are not important. You'll get used to that. You'll get used to having to do that. And at the end, you'll be unhappy. 
you'll constantly feel unfulfilled and you won't know why. So make sure that you have discernment in regard of like what to sacrifice and like what's a healthy sacrifice and what's an unhealthy sacrifice. It will attract some attention even from the naysayers. What's a naysayer? A naysayer is a hater. (laughs) Basically, they're a hater. You'll feel strong as you prove the naysayers wrong. As Walter Baggett, I hope I said your name right. If you are listening to this, you're probably not. But if he is, the great pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do. Mm. Let's just be real. Because as you grow up as a child, we tend to define ourselves by what people say about us, what our parents say about us, what our friends say about us. We tend to define our identity in that. Is that good? No, because we are who God says we are. But um, not only do you need to be careful of that, but you also, um, you know, and know your identity and following your purpose, but you also like will have the pleasure of overcoming people pleasing, overcoming the need to have approval from other people by following your dreams. People who follow their dreams are doers. Say, I am a doer. Doers have more power to create, influence, and change their environment. And eventually the world, your world, your community, one person at a time. Six, life feels more memorial, memorable memorable, memorable, memorable. Hence you feel and become more memorable. (laughs) Life feels more memorable. Hence you feel and become more memorable. That's what you want. You want to make an impact. You want to remember the hard times, the good times, the strength, the weakness. You want to create those things, not only for you, but mama for your children, for your spouse, for the people around you. Those challenges will help you They're going to help you grow and they will make you step out of your comfort zone. If you are a client of mine, I always tell my clients all the time, I always tell them, if you're in your comfort zone, that's not good. If you're uncomfortable, that's exactly where you need to be because growth doesn't happen in the comfortability. It happens in the uncomfortability and dreams. Guess what? You got to take chances. You got to step out of your comfort zone. But chances are, you know, you're going to be in a really awkward situation where you feel like you're unqualified. Look in the Bible. Who was qualified to follow Jesus or be a disciple? No one. And when you take those chances and when you get uncomfortable and you get out of your comfort zone and you get into places that feel really awkward and uncomfortable and make you nervous, that gives you opportunities. So take chances because that's going to give you those opportunities to follow your God-given dream. You will inspire others to follow their dreams, even if they know nothing about you. It's true. People are watching you. They will never admit. There will be people out there still to this day. There are people that watch me and they never admit that they do. But I know that I'm making an impact in their life. I don't need them to tell me. I don't need their validation, but I know. And you will too. Remember that. Have that mindset when they don't affirm or validate your feelings because they won't. That's not why we follow our God-given dreams. We do not follow our God-given dreams to be validated by other people. If that is the case, if that is a reflection, and we all can get caught in it, no matter how much we know ourselves, we can get caught up in that. 
go back and remember who you are in Christ. Sacrifice some things. Make sure your priorities are right. Just recently, my priorities weren't right. I had to take my mornings back. I had to give my morning to God. Everything that I do, I had to give it back to God to make sure that He's in the spotlight and not me. And we all get caught up in that real life. Following your dreams makes you interesting. Because guess what? Not a lot of people do it. Unfortunately, not a lot of people do it because they get caught in this. They get caught in the thought that they have fear of man's approval rather than just God's. It has to be just God's. So it would make you stand out, which in turn will make you an interesting person. Who doesn't love to challenge the status quo? Right? Who doesn't? And so be prepared for that. There are no rules in life, so why limit yourself to what everyone else is doing? If everyone else isn't following their dreams, do something different. Don't don't be a follower. Be a leader. That's the way God designed you. Accomplishing your dreams will will spark even bigger dreams. Listen, following my dream of writing a book created an even an even bigger dream. And then that dream created an even bigger dream with conferences and this podcast influencing. I literally am now following and people are following me that I've admired for years. I'm speaking to people that I listened to for years and just fangirled. I'm working with those people. That was all my goals. That was some of my goals and it's happening And so, but I had to get uncomfortable and there were times I cried. There were times I wanted to give up. Following your dreams isn't like this laid out plan. Doing what God wants you to do isn't laid out. It's not easy. It's not perfect. It's scary and it can be very, um, it it can feel uncertain because you can't see the future. You don't have the security as if you were to just not do that and you were just to go with your day by day or, you know, ordain mundane daily things that you have to take care of. And so that kind of makes it exciting too. I mean, it's the way that you look at it. Um, and you feel you have something more to live for. That's okay to feel that way. I mean, if you don't 100% find your identity in that, it is okay to feel like you have something to live for. Moms, can I talk to you for a second? You do not need to find all of your worth in your calling and your calling into mothering your children. That is a huge purpose. Our purpose doesn't change. We have to continue to take care of our family, be with our husbands. Those things don't change and we should give them our all, but that's not our calling. And you have to be careful not to find your identity in that because callings change, seasons change, our kids grow up, they leave the house then who are you? You have to ask yourself that question. Even if your dreams fail, right? If you're like, Ashley, what if they fail? What if it doesn't work out? What if, what if, what if? Even if your dreams fail, even if the door shuts on your face, you need to feel proud for what you gave to your all to, for what you did accomplish. The fact that you stepped out of your comfort zone, that you walked through the door. Dreamers fail now but then they also learn more in life. You learn from failure. Failure is good. I tell my middle schooler that all the time because he's afraid of failure. And I always tell him, failure builds your character. Failure is what makes you strong. Failure is what helps you move forward. 
It was what helps teach you what not to do, what to do. Failure isn't bad. It can be used for good. So dust yourself off. What is that, like that rap song? Dust your shoulders off. I don't know. And try to, and try to do it again. <laughs> y'all, y'all got to stop me. Now, it's your life. Live under your terms, your boundaries. Stop living under everybody else's. You know, like, what dreams are you wanting to follow? What dreams do you have? Do you know that purpose? Do you know that dream? Can you define your God-given purpose in life? If not, that's what us we're going to talk about. How do, like, okay, Ashley, I know I have a purpose in my life. I know this is what God has for me. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. I hear you. Okay, I'm stepping out. But I don't know what that is. What is that? And sometimes I have to ask myself that too. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I have to be like, what is my purpose? What is my calling? Because of doubt, which is another um, interpretation of fear. It's all rooted in fear. But in discovering your God-given purpose um, isn't as hard as you think it is. Do you ever feel like a fish out of water? Have you ever heard that saying? You prolong dissatisfaction, God-given gifts, passions, and the voices of others could be telling you that you were created for something else, right? There once was a man who netted three trout from a mountain stream and carefully placed them side by side on a thick patch of grass before he removed them from the water. They were like a liquid ballot in motion, fluid, graceful, vibrant, alive. I found this story on Focus on the Family, and it literally couldn't, it couldn't fit more with what we're talking about today. Stay with me. After he netted them, it was another story. As the trout lay on the grass, they were motionless. Their eyes were fixed. They gasped for air, and they looked and acted stupid. <laughs> the man noticed they seemed unhappy, so he talked to them, hoping that this his encouragement would change them. Little fish, don't be sad. You'll like the grass. Just try it out for a while. No movement, no response, no change. A few more seconds passed. The man's neighbor walked by. Hey, Bob, come and check out these fish. Bob snouted over or saunted, saunted over, stomped over. And the man explained that he was certain the fish could adjust. I'm sure they could prosper here on the grass. Don't you agree? Why not? Bob replied. So he also tried to tell the fish it would be good if they learned to like the grass. After all, he liked the grass. Why shouldn't they? Still, the fish didn't blink. They just lay there, looking dumber by the second. Finally, a little boy approached and explained, What are you doing? Put them back. They can't be all they've been created to be when they are out of the water. Finally convinced, the man carefully placed each fish back in the stream. After splashing for a split second, all three swam away effortlessly. Again, it was a liquid ballet. What ease, what grace, what beauty. In that moment, the man realized that no matter how long the fish lay there, they would never adjust to the grass and they would never be satisfied. No matter how much he or anyone else told them otherwise, even if the fish tried to convince themselves they could learn to like the grass, they never would. 
and they would never prosper. In fact, they would eventually die. Do you feel like a fish out of water? Your prolonged dissatisfaction, your God-given gifts, passions, and the voices of others could be telling you that you were created for another purpose. And like these fish, if you feel like you are dying inside, listen up. It could be just what you need to push you into another more satisfying ocean. What's the point of the story? Listen to your dissatisfaction. Listen to it. We've been taught to believe that dissatisfaction is a bad thing. Have you? I have. And that we should do everything possible to avoid it. Shove it down. Ignore it. Block it out. Act like it doesn't bother us. Take a pill. Plaster on a smile. Make a video. Watch a video. Stream the internet. Buy something new. Or decide that misery is a part of just bearing our cross. But above all, don't consider that God might be using it to make us uncomfortable. So we'll want to swim in another ocean where our gifts can shine. And listen, don't get me wrong. Dissatisfaction can be a result of spiritual warfare. Depression can be a part of spiritual warfare. There is a mental sickness physical element of depression, anxiety, but then there is a spiritual one and God will give you discernment. They feel differently. I know. Ephesians 6, 10, 12 tells us about that. And it's not an identity. It's not like uh, an identification that we are out of God's will, but it can also be a road sign that he has another purpose for us. So if you're miserable in your current career or job, and you have been for a really long time, you've prayed, sought counsel from others, looked for guidance through scripture, and you're still miserable, consider that God may have another plan. Now, is your plan laid out? No, we talked about that. But you should have peace. You should not feel miserable and confused and heavy and burned out. That's not of God. That is not of God's plan. And here's what helps you with that. Listen to others. And I'm not talking about the ones who have hinted that they don't support your God-given purpose and they're trying to minimize you. I'm talking about the ones that mentor you, that want the best for you, that you feel safe with. Maybe that's your pastor. Maybe that's your therapist. Maybe that's your life coach. I have my clients come to me all the time for this because we want you to succeed. We want you to move forward in your future. Listen to those who support you. I've never liked math. Like, even if I wanted to, I couldn't do it. I've always had challenges with numbers and math. To this day, I have to use a calculator for multiplication, like simple multiplication. Whenever I come within five feet of a math problem, I literally get anxiety, like physical anxiety. Like, I sometimes can itch and, and uh, break out in hives. Numbers have never been my thing. And my guess is that they never will be because God created me with different gifts. Even though I can't do math, I can write, I can make a video, (laughs) I can make a TikTok. I don't like to draw, I don't like to paint. Sometimes I like to sing. And for the most part, I communicate well. Am I a good listener? Not so much. I need to work on listening. And the reason that is, is because I love talking. (laughs) These gifts are also road signs to where God is directing me. 
Is my communication perfect? No. Is my writing perfect? No. Are my TikToks and creations perfect? No. I mess up every day. But it's in those gifts that he's molding them to make them better. But you have to say yes to them. You have to recognize them. You have to walk in them. Have you ever considered your talents and gifts? Do you get a kick out of soccer? Are you strategic thinker, a great listener? Can you motivate others to action with your words? All these very simple questions. God was a very simple man. Are you skilled at building things? I suggest making a list of the things and activities that interest you in which you excel. You can also ask yourself, what is one thing that I can do better than others? That's okay to ask that. This can also clue you in on your God-given purpose. The gifts God gives us are like little seeds planted inside of us, but for them to grow, we have to use them. This means that if you can't identify which seeds God has given you, try doing new things that interest you. Through these new experiences, God will reveal more to you about who you are and how he has called you to serve him. Which brings me to listen to your passions. What are you passionate about? Is it organization? Is it um, cleaning? Is it singing? Is it um, talking to people? Is it gardening? Whatever that is. I would ask you these questions as a life coach, is what I ask. What makes you angry? What makes you joyful? What makes you excited? What makes you passionate? What would you say? Take note of when your emotions are moved. That's what I ask my clients. Pay attention. I can't tell them their purpose. I can only direct them in it and help them move forward and be molded in it. These are signs of your God-given purpose. And I get fired up, girl. I get fired up because I am naturally an Enneagram 3 who is ambitious, but I also am very confident in cheering other people on. I am not threatened by people. It is literally a joy for me to see people just really be confident in what they do and in who they are. I also get passionate about people who don't follow God's plan, like, angry, passionate about how the world can influence and stall people and paralyze them in what they're supposed to do. Here's one of the things that upsets me. When I hear about little children being abused, my heart, that is my heart. It could have come from the childhood trauma experience and I witnessed with my siblings and my cousins but it, we live in an evil world. We live in a dark, evil world. People, Children are neglected in ways that are unthinkable and abuse. And we don't talk about it in the local church. We're, we're not talking about it. We don't talk about foster care enough. And they need someone to stand up for them. As a child from trauma, all I wanted every day was for someone to notice what was happening. I wanted someone to see me and defend me without me feeling scared to defend myself because I couldn't. These kids can't. This is all they know, and it's all they think they deserve. When, I, when I, someone tells me a story about love, I'm deeply moved about adoption, um, about foster care. 
that kind of stuff moves me. It makes me passionate. A story of someone's heartbreaking grieves me. Talking about Christ stirs me up. (laughs) I'm sure you know this if you followed me. When coupled with my talents, these passions point in the direction of my purpose, of written and spoken communication about things that deeply impact people on a spiritual and emotional level. Pray, ask God, show you the things that move you and make a list. And remember, He wants you to discover your purpose for you more than you do. He wants it more than you do. Think about that. Let that be your motivation. Lastly, consider that your purpose is not just about you. It really never was. It's about what God wants to do through you. If you ignore or neglect your dissatisfaction, the first thing we talked about, what others say about you, what they don't say about you, your passions, your gifts, you are not only betraying yourself, but you're betraying God. Even in the mistakes, even in the the flaws that paralyze you because you don't feel qualified enough, God allowed you to go through those things on purpose. Because there's a reason behind your pain. He's called you to a purpose and he wants you to walk in it. It's really that simple. And not just for you, but for others and for your own joy. Because that's where you're going to find it. Also consider that since God has called you, he is completely able to reveal your purpose to you and will as you diligently seek him. I want you to look up this verse, Hebrews eleven six. Seek God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. Love him. Let your focus, let your eyes be on his presence, on him. Walk with him. Let him show you and tell you and let you feel what you're passionate about. What angers you? What makes you sad? What brings you joy? And in that, write it down. And then ask God where your purpose is in that. And give Him time. And the most important thing I can tell you to do is to listen. Because He's speaking. But you got to listen. you got to pay attention. And I promise it's not a waste of time and it's not an inconvenience. It's literally the best thing you can do with your day because he's in control of it anyways, right? So sis, who cares what the naysayers and the haters say about you? Who cares about what people said to you in your past, about the trauma and the things that you went through? Don't let them define you as a victim, but a victor. And to help other people who walk through similar things. Because you have a purpose. And you have a dream. And let me be the first to tell you, sis, follow them. It's okay. You can do it. Thanks for joining me on Confidence and Coffee. And with what we're talking about, I have another freebie I want to share with you. And I hope that it will help you really plan out how to really 
follow your dreams. I created a planner. It's called the Confident Planner, and it really helps you write down goals and list um, to really help you get motivated. We talked about writing those things down, and so I created that for you for free. I'm going to drop it in the show notes so you can download it and you can start on your dreams today. Bye. I love you guys. Did you enjoy that? I'd love to see you over at ashleyhammerat.com where you can subscribe to this podcast and channel on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And while you're at it, I'd love to see the value that you found in Confidence and Coffee. So drop the ratings, the reviews, and the comments. Plus subscribe to this channel and tell a friend too. I'd love to see you over on TikTok or Instagram where I keep it real in the reels. Make sure you tune in next time on Confidence and Coffee.